Our scripture lesson from this morning, from God's word, is Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19. Please follow along with us. Uh, it is located on page 672 of your pew Bibles, or will be on the screens as well. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You're up. Come on up. Well, good morning. I'm glad you sat down, Rick. I thought you were going to sit up here. Speaking of anxiety, I'm glad you sat down there. I was already nervous. So... Let me pray for us before we get started. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for an opportunity to be in your house today. We, haven't, we, we thank you for an opportunity to, to celebrate you doing new things. We see uh, third graders receiving Bibles. We see acolytes beginning anew. We see acolytes being retired and moving forward into confirmation, Father. We, we see you consistently moving us forward, and that is a good thing. And so, Father, I just thank you for an opportunity uh, to speak your word. I pray that you would prepare all of our hearts, including mine, that we might receive what you have for us today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, I have to say, we have an awesome staff at FUMC. Can we give our staff a hand? We have an awesome staff. And one of the awesome things about our staff is that we really know each other. We really... Uh, know each other's likes and dislikes and strengths and weaknesses. And uh, that's a good thing, but that's also a very dangerous thing. Uh, so because Rick knows me, I was asked to preach on anxiety of the future. <laughs> um, but I hope that encourages you. I really do. Because uh, I'm not up here as an expert. I'm not up here as a professional to give you the rules and regs, the, the ways of, of battling anxiety. I'm standing up here as a fellow sufferer. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed by anxiety. I've experienced anxiety taking my ability to breathe away. I've lost sleep at night because my mind would not stop running through worst case scenarios. I've dealt with and struggled and battled with anxiety, particularly anxiety of the future, hence Rick's uh, recommendation that I preach this sermon. I've struggled with that since I was a kid. And so today, if you're struggling with anxiety, if that's something that that you battle with, I hope uh, that you see me as as a fellow sufferer, as a fellow uh, struggler in in that that difficulty. And today, I don't want to just give you some, some tips I want to give you some insights, some things that I've learned along the way uh, that can help with our struggle. And so I think first I want to talk about our our scripture, Isaiah. Uh, God said in Isaiah, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And most of us think, oh, that's great. But for those of us who struggle with anxiety, it's like, oh, no. (laughs) What does that mean? Is it a good new thing or is it a bad new thing? 
And so immediately we hear, behold, I'm doing a new thing, that our heart begins to, to, to speed up, our breath begins to shorten, our mind begins to run. Well, I think the first thing we need to understand when we face uh, difficulties, we need to understand that hardship is a necessary ingredient for miracles. It's essential. Difficulty is a necessary ingredient for miracles. So if, if you're somebody who has said before, I, I just want to know God is there, or you've prayed before, God, show me a miracle, I want you to understand that, that you're inviting difficulty and hardship into your life. Because in order for you to experience a miracle, it necessitates there be a situation for the miracle to exist. I mean, think about it. Joseph experienced abandonment by his family, imprisonment, false accusation before he witnessed the power of God placing him in such a time as this to rescue the nation of Israel. Moses had to experience plagues and putting himself in an uncomfortable situation that he felt ill-equipped for before he saw the freedom of his people. Paul experienced blindness before he received his calling from God. And our very own Christ experienced death and torture before resurrection. So if we're walking through something difficult, we have a choice. I want you to understand that first and foremost, us, us, you fellow anxiety sufferers. When you, see, when you see something or you come in contact with something that begins to, to stir up anxiety, and you have a choice. You can choose to be anxious and worried, or you can choose to begin looking forward to seeing how God's going to come through. It's a choice. And neither of them are easy. There is no easy choice here. You can either worry and stress and fret and, and just get caught up in worst case scenarios. Or you can say, okay, this is an ugly scenario. And I quite frankly don't know how it's going to work out. But I'm looking for what God's going to do. And I'm looking forward to seeing and experiencing the miracle. So before I, I move to my next point, I have, an, I have two important questions. This is interesting. I really don't know how you guys are going to answer this. I'd like for you to raise your hand if you can tell the future. Of course, you'd already have your hand raised because you'd know I was going to ask that question. So I feel like you guys are all being honest. So my second question is, can any of you change something that hasn't happened yet? Okay, good. Nobody raised their hand. So... We all answered, no, we don't know the future, and no, we can't change something that hasn't happened yet. We're all on the same page. So what I'm about to say should not hurt your feelings. Rick, Rick tried to get you guys upset last week with political. I'm going to just hurt your feelings just straightforward with some truth. Here's the truth. You are not enough. I'm not enough. We are not enough. You see, I'm convinced that a large portion of our anxiety comes from this false idea that it is all up to you or it's all up to me. I got to know how to solve this problem. I got to know how to fix this situation. I got to know what's going to happen before it happens. I got to prepare for things that I don't even know are going to happen yet. It's all up to me. You see, 
for, the, for what I've learned through, for, through my struggle with anxiety is that a large portion of my anxiety is really misplaced faith. Anxiety is really misplaced faith. I begin to get anxious and I begin to get worried and I begin to get stressful when I look at a scenario and I start thinking, okay, if, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, but if that doesn't happen, then this has happened, this is what I'm going to do there. But if that doesn't happen, then i got to take care of this. Uh, what am I going to do? Right? Has anyone ever been there? And you begin to breathe and you begin to sweat and you begin to worry and you begin to fret and you begin to think of all these scenarios and you begin to feel like you've got a thousand plates spinning on sticks in the air and you don't know which one's going to fall. And so you're constantly running back and forth trying to prepare for any and all scenarios. That anxiety is because you believe that it's all about you. And that you're the only one who can solve this problem. You're the only one that can resolve these situations. But you are not enough. You can't tell the future. You can't change scenarios that haven't happened yet. If that were the case, and it was all up to you, you should be anxious. You should be. But we are not enough. And God tries to warn us about that misplaced faith. In the scripture that our third graders read for us, I want us to read it again. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Listen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is the part that I hate and love at the same time. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now I want to break that down a little bit for us. So, I want to, I'm going to do this a little bit out of order. So let's first look at do not depend on your understanding. Why? Because your own understanding is not enough. There are things that you can't understand because those things have not happened yet. Your understand, but understand this. Your, your understanding is a part of the solution. It's not all up to God. Your understanding is a part of the solution, but it is not enough and it never will be enough. There will come a time when your understanding is inadequate. And it's in that moment that your trust, or you could replace that word trust with faith, must take over. And to me, with my anxiety, that's the hardest part. That is the most difficult time for me. And a lot of you know that we're going through kind of a difficult uh, medical challenge with our daughter, Kara. She's got some, she has glaucoma in her right eye. And uh, just a few weeks ago, we spent some time uh, preparing to go to Dallas unexpectedly to go to a specialist and, and have her eye examined and some things like that. And there was a lot of preparation, uh, as you all know, to take a trip to Dallas two days beforehand when you have two toddlers and you don't know if you're going to go for an examination or you're going to be there a week because of a surgery. So we had all this activity going on in our house, all this planning, all this preparation, all of these phone calls to make, all of these situations to, to make right and prepare for. But then uh, Saturday, we were going to leave Sunday, Saturday, about 10, 11 o'clock, everything was done. And nothing to do but worry. And that's what happened. I fell, I fell to a place where I felt like I was, I was pretty depressed and I got real dark and I got real quiet and I got real disconnected from, from Christine. I got real disconnected from the kids and I just, just, just had a dark and gloomy continence about myself. And I realized through talking with Christine and uh, some trusted friends it was because I got to that point, I got to that, that line where my own understanding ceased to be inadequate. 
And I, I failed and struggled to trust at that point because I didn't know what was going to happen. And because I didn't know what was going to happen, I didn't know what to prepare for. And because I didn't know what to prepare for, I had nothing to do but worry. We have to get to a place where we realize that we're not enough and we have to put our trust in the Lord. We have to stop depending on our own understanding. We have to trust that he will show us the path. But it's in those moments where we have nothing to do. It's in the moments of the waiting. It's in that pain of the waiting that we have to, to cling with all of our strength to the Lord. And that's why I believe the Lord says at the very beginning of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is incredibly difficult to do. And I think that's why the Lord says specifically, with all your heart. It's going to take all of your strength, all of your effort, all of your focus to, to, to not give in to worry and stress and to say, no, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to trust in the Lord. And one, one tip I want to give you in regards to that is uh, when you find yourself struggling, you find yourself in a scenario that you don't know how it's going to work out, a scenario that stirs up anxiety in you, you need a person and a place that you can let your emotions go. You see, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I've cried in Rick's office. I'm not ashamed to tell you that I've cried like a baby on my wife's shoulder. See, when we, uh, for me, I, I, I assume for you, but for, for most of us, uh, when we're experiencing anxiety and we have all these emotions just kind of raging inside, all of our energy and all of our focus gets put into uh, keeping those inside and staying under control, Right? I got, I, got, I, got to, I got to put a smile on my face. I, you know, I got to, I, okay, I'm, yeah, we're good. We're fine. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go to Dallas. It's going to be fine. Yeah, right? And you're just trying to hold all of that in and keep it all together. Well, that's where all your energy is going. If you can find a person or a place that you can just let those emotions go, just release them. Even if they're, they're, they're just out of balance to the scenario, there are times that I've cried over stuff that I probably shouldn't have cried over, but I just needed to get those emotions out so that my energy and focus could be put on trusting the Lord and not on keeping those emotions controlled and, and inside. You need a person, a person in a place uh, that you can let those emotions go, a safe person in a safe place. You see, most of us right now believe that God is trustworthy. Most of us believe that. Obviously, we wouldn't be here if we didn't. We, we believe that God's trustworthy, but struggling with anxiety can feel a lot like drowning. I don't know if you, if you don't experience anxiety, uh, that doesn't really make sense to you. But uh, for me and for a lot of people who suffer with anxiety, it, it affects how we breathe. Um, stress causes our bodies to, to shorten our breath, and we begin to start taking shallow breaths, and we get how's this going to work out, right? And we start to struggle to, to get a good amount of oxygen in our bodies. And when you're drowning or you feel like drowning, it's hard to trust in God's trustworthiness. It's hard to just really hang on to that fact that God is good. And so we need a lifeline. So I want you to imagine that somebody's drowning. Let's just pretend like the pulpit is somebody who's drowning in an ocean. You know, they're bobbing up and down, they're coughing, they're spitting up water, they're like saying, help, I'm drowning. I'm like, hey, okay, I'll help. Is that going to do much good? No. See, the value of a lifeline, the necessity for a lifeline to be useful is that it's anchored to something secure. 
So I would throw the rope and I would hang on to one end and I would be the anchor and I would pull that person out of their dangerous situation, out of what's causing them to, to, to drown by being an anchor and pulling them in. See, Scripture is our lifeline. But it does no good if it doesn't remind us of the anchor that it's tied to, to the trustworthiness of our Father. See, Scripture is so invaluable for me, and I, and I, I believe it can be valuable for you who struggle with anxiety of the future, because uh, hanging on to Scripture during moments of anxiety reminds us of God's unfailing love. It gives language, this is my favorite, it gives language to the Holy Spirit to speak to us in moments of weakness. It's, you're literally giving language to the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And it affirms God's promises and trustworthiness. Okay, God said he's going to show me the way. He showed me the way in the past, he's going to show me the way now. And so even better than just knowing Scripture, if you, if you memorize Scripture, wow, and you're really taking something and you're placing it inside where all of those emotions, all that anxiety stirs up to begin with, and you're placing an anchor there that can hold you steady and can pull you out of that sensation of drowning. And so uh, that's really our next step for this week. That's your next step for this week. Is I want to challenge you uh, to put forth the effort to memorize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And when you face those moments of anxiety, when you feel your breath begin to shorten, you feel your heart begin to race, you can speak that truth and you can cling to that lifeline and use it to pull you closer to the Father, pull you closer to secure ground. There's lots of ways that you can memorize Scripture. For those who are, who are physical learners, you can write it down. If you're auditory, read it out loud. Uh, but for me, something that's worked really well is memory cards. And we have these. These are uh, on, the, on the kneelers here, but they're also on the piano in the, in the parlor. This is a new memory technique that, that I just come across. If you look at the words up on the screen, uh, those are the, that's the first letter of every word in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So you can literally, as you're starting to practice, look at it and say, okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, what's the, uh, okay, depend. Do not depend on your own understanding. Okay, see. Seek his will and all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So it's a way for you to memorize this verse and hide it in your heart. So when those moments of anxiety stir up, you have a way to respond. And of course, the, the scripture is on the back uh, for you as well. So these are up here on the kneelers. They're also on the piano in the parlor. But what I want us to do today, I want us to begin that process of memorizing scripture. So uh, I'm going to invite VJ to come back up to the piano here in just a moment. But before we start reading the scripture, I, really, I, want you to, I want you to think about something that's causing you anxiety. Something that makes your heart race, that you really don't know how it's going to work out. For me, it's our daughter Kara. Uh, we're doing drops and we're praying and believing that those are going to work for her and we're going to avoid surgery, but we don't know. We don't know. So I want you to think about that thing that's causing anxiety, that's, that, that stirs up ungodly fear in your heart. And while we're reading the scripture, I really want you to, to make a conscious effort to engage your faith, engage your trust towards whatever that is. Tell yourself, I'm trusting God with this. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm not enough anyways. So I'm going to trust God to show me the path to take. 